for raising everyone. I'm looking at your lives, pretty coffee, got my coffee, you root. So yummo. Let's get started. Um, as you know, I'm reading the Emerald Tablet Alchemy for Personal Transformation. Okay, let's get started. I think we were on. Ah, let's see, is it the miracle of one thing? No, leave it here. Yes, the wind carries it in its belly. Okay, we were talking about the separation. For now, we're going to look at how separation works on the personal level. Um, you know, separation being sort of what we see in duality. Duality being right, wrong, good, bad, black, white, all these different things, right? So separation on a personal level. Psychologically, we do not uh, reject old habits and beliefs when confronted with a uh, possibility of a better way of being. We end up imprisoned by the tyrannical ego complex that will perpetuate an illusion just to keep control. Um, this is really cool when it comes to time. If you're looking how to transcend time, how to utilize time, a lot of it has to do with our mental hangups. Um, that's why people talk about meditation so much because our mind can keep us in a time loop. Um, there are several other things that keep us in a time loop, but that being one of them, the stories that we tell ourselves keep us stuck in time, the conversations that we have stuck in time. Um, and then we become like a dog chasing its tail, looking um, for something different, but continuing to get the same results in our life. Sometimes the more talented we are and the more we have going on for us, the harder it is to break away. A good example is a popular musician who gave up everything to find his essence. Usually this happens when we decide to give up with the things that we um, are attached to. And when we do, um, we finally, hey, the rock, when we actually let go of those things, um, we start to receive blessings in other ways. But it's really hard to see that, right? It's hard to let go so that we can let you come in because we're afraid this is the best we can do, maybe. Sometimes we think it's the best we can do. We, we don't think we could go beyond. Hey, bestie, how are you? Oh, look, it's besties on here. Hey, the separation, okay? Uh, Steve, Stephen Garogio was born in 1948, Greek father, Swedish mother, living in England. Unfortunately, the boy's parents never got along, and it was only working in the restaurant on Central London that kept his family together. A handsome, shy lad, Stephen used long hours and spent, uh, he spent washing dishes and thinking up lyrics to songs, and by the time he was 18, he was bringing and more money in a single evening as a pop singer than his parents made in a month from the restaurant. However, the rock and roll lifestyle soon took its toll and Steven then became Cat Stevens. Oh, became exhausted and in the weekend conditioned, um, contracted tuberculosis um, at the age of 19. He suffered a collapsed lung, other complications that required three month long stay in the hospital. During the year he spent uh, recuperating Cat Stevens completely changed his style and started composing songs like Morning Has Broken, Wild World, Peace Train that were full of depth and maturity. His stage presence turned subdued and uh, resentent. Um, he changed from a pop singer into the world's leading composer of ballads. By the time he was 22, commented uh, one record executive, he had enough money and it looked like the rest of his life was going to be 
anticlimax, but the woman and the money became the forces behind Stephen's calcination. He had two love affairs that um, he said tore him to pieces, fell in love with an actress, Patty, I don't know her name, only to lose her to uh, Mick Jagger. And then um, the tumultuous affair with the singer, Carl Simon, that, uh, Carly Simon, sorry, that ended uh, when she broke it off. He also got into bitter arguments with his recording companies over contracts and publicity. The beginning of Stephen's dissolution uh, was singled by strange reoccurring dreams that he could not comprehend. In one dream, he was on tour um, and missed Christmas, so he turned back time. He turned back time seven days and went shopping for parents for his uh, for his relatives. Found himself in a town divided by a beautiful river, but everywhere. Uh, everywhere he turned, there was a road that led to a certain death. He took one road and ended up facing a doorway to death. In front of the door was a judge sitting on a high bench. Unless he was able to do something exceptionally entertaining for the judge, he would have to go through death's door. He could not think of anything to do, but one of his aunts appeared from nowhere with an electric tea kettle, which he took before the judge and, plug, and plugged in. Um, that when he started boil when it started boiling, she opened up her mouth wide and blew out a giant cloud of steam. Everyone applauded and the judge let Stephen go home with his aunt. This dream symbolized the growing conflict within the young artist to either please the world or be true to himself. Now this is true for others, right? Either <laughs> please the world or be true to yourself. When think about and I think the reason that this author talks about these stars is because people tend to fantasize about being popular or you know being um, a star, right? And 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 an entertainer and all this stuff. But really, when we, Good Morning, when we think about it, um, we're compromising a piece of ourselves. And who are we truly, right? When we think about these individuals who quote unquote have um, risen to the top and, and people know who they are, who are they really? And you, you get to that point where you're compromising. So you, for, for instance, and we see this a lot with executives or whatnot, right? We see people that hit the pinnacle of their, um, their, uh, career. And when they get there, you know, it's like everybody thinks they're this way and they have to put on that face and can they really say what they want to say? They're just one word away from losing it all. Um, somebody was talking about Jerry Maguire to me the other day, the movie, right, where he goes and he writes this mission statement and how they could get better and nobody, everybody shuns him and he basically gets fired uh, for being who he's going to be. So when you have more and more people looking at you at the, as this way, we have to start saying, well, how do we let it go to be truly authentically us? And that's scary because who's going to accept us when we're truly ourselves? We're just going to continue to perhaps put on face or save face or put on the mask and make others comfortable for what? At the cost of what? The expense of what? Well, yourself and your well-being and who you are. And also wasting time. You're just wasting time. That's basically what we do. We waste time to please others. Okay. Um, so we could think of anything else to do. Um when it started boiling, okay, that we had that his true self. In true Stephen, salvation was through the death of doors, which represented the death of the false ego on which he based his his fame. 
other reoccurring dream images such as being rejected, falling apart, and being cute to piece, cut to pieces, he included the lyrics to his songs. Another theme made it into his music was UFO symbols, representations, early stages of separation, in which redeemed elements of the soul started facing. Images of flying saucers and aliens um, surveillance were part of the moon shadow. Longer boats, freezing still, um, the several other songs. In an interview with the Rolling Stones magazine, he defended his beliefs. The flying saucers aren't any indication of going crazy. I believe they exist. They had um, I had an experience once while I was laying in bed. I saw the flying saucers shoot across the sky, stop over me, and it sucked me up into it. When it put me down, I shot up in bed, uh, and I wasn't. It wasn't a dream. I didn't feel like it didn't feel like a dream. It was real. I know it was real. So we see that these individuals have these visitations by some something different, right? They can call it extraterrestrial. You can call it angels. You can call it whatever it is you call it. Good morning, Radio Projects. And and he had these experiences. And so we start, we're starting to see, right, especially with this book, is that there's this common theme that these people, quote unquote, that have transcended um, or have... Um, have gotten to the height of their their um, career or have had to come to a choice where they choose what's really them or what's not have all talked about these these extraterrestrial are these um transcendence or multi-dimensional or what do you, whatever however you want to call it right they've had an experience that they can't explain and for them, they would say it's an alien, it's UFO, it's a, I don't know, what is it, another time, space, dimension, whatever their experience, right? And we can't take that away and say they're wrong for it. They had the experience. We can't, you've had experiences and people might say you're wrong for your experiences, but are you? Not necessarily, right? It's your experience. It's your truth. So having those, those um, experiences that give us insight into what is reality for us. Who are we? What, you know, what is it that we're going to um, create in our life? And what do we want to do? Um, the circular images of psychological integration were surfacing in all phases of students' life. He wrote and drew pictures of his children children's book entitled The Boy Who Looked at, uh, at the Moon, in which the moon falls out of the sky to earth. The moon turns out to be flat disk which accompanies a teaser for the teaser of the Fire Cat album into the variety of weird adventures. Steven's Buddha and Chocolate Box album contained tracks called Bad Penny, Sun, and Home in the Sky that alluded to the wholeness and the redemption for which he was searching. Also, he also directed the cover artwork for the album Catch the Bull at, at Four. So I don't know if you guys know Cat Stevens, and I don't know if you listen to his music which shows a huge circle um, in which the oriental person is holding back the horns of a bull. Uh, the scene portrays one of his stages of enlightenment in Zen Buddhism. Catch the bull at four was a very big step. He tried to explain it to an interviewer. It's not something that I want to be taken lightly by myself. The eight, 18th ultimate stage of enlightenment is complete circle, I think, containing nothing. But the time I reach it, I'll probably have stopped making records. So it is true, and we do see the, we do see the circle. So he was onto something. He understood alchemy without actually perhaps 
really diving into the alchemic experience because separation. So there's, there's something I would say, good morning, um, is that with, okay, so we think that the shortest distance between two points is a line. Now I've done this before um, and I have charts and models and all that stuff to explain this. The shortest distance between two points mathematically is a line and that's not true. <laughs> the shortest distance between two points is a circle. <laughs> what? I know, right? Bend the line. Bend the line. When you bend the line and you put the two points come together and they create a circle, which becomes the transcendence of dualism. Now, we need dualism. We need polarity because we live in a dualistic world. That's what we experience. But what we do get to do is transcend the story of dualism into holism meaning that we take the two and we bridge the gap between the two and they become unified as one and it's a circle. And we even see this in the infinity symbol, right? The infinity symbol shows because if you bend that circle, it just goes on forever. And that is really what we do internally with spiritual alchemy. We learn to utilize and take that straight line, create a circle and, and um, magnify the energy or the chi, if you want to call it that, whatever you want to call it inside of you. And we use that energy. We wield our circles. Um, you'll see in Dr. Strange, different movies, right? Where they're wielding the circle and that's bridging the dualities together, bringing them together into wholeness. Now you don't want to live outside your body. So part of your body's recognizing that dualism does exist here. That's okay. We're material. But how do you utilize holism in order to co-create? Same thing, same concept. And that's what he was saying. So yes, the circle is correct. And he was correct in saying that when it comes to the alchemic process. Those prophetic words would come true just four years later. Um, Stephen's separation took it into blatant form. After selling nearly 35 million records, Cat Stevens announced to a stunned music world that he would never again make another recording. He asked all distributors to stop selling his records and he turned over his royalties to charity, renouncing the pride and ego of the former life. And he explained that he was um, converting to Islam because of the purity of its discipline and that he had changed his name to Yusuf Islam. Stevens' new name is Joseph Surrenders and he refers to the story in the Quran that is a strong parallel to his own life. Joseph was solid into slavery at the early age and was um, guided only by prophetic dreams and visions. It's not until he committed his life to Allah that he regained his personal power and freedom he lost as youth. Today, Yusuf Islam lives in Muslim with his Muslim wife and five children in Great Britain. Um, where he is a powerful force behind education for Islamic children and other worldwide humanitarian efforts. His decisive split with the world in which he grew rich and famous is a modern example of the alchemical separation in which the initiate is forced to take the objective look at his life from the highest perspective to get rid of that, which he does not serve his deepest purpose of his existence. So hard. Imagine that. So imagine letting go of all of that and really what the separation or what they're talking about um is letting go of the un the, the part of you that's not you right just think about it like today what we're experiencing okay so um don't really follow this individual but it's everywhere this britney spirit you think about her right 
what they did to her, putting, making her be someone she wasn't and her trying to find her authentic self in the midst of all of the crazy. She had to go on stage and pretend to be someone she wasn't because she was being forced to. And now she's reclaiming her life. Maybe she'll just, who knows what she'll do? I don't know. But she's being challenged with that. You know, you have this great fame and you're looking at it and you're saying, is this something that I want to continue? Because if I do, I'm actually getting further and further away from my authentic self. And I'm not dropping into who I really am. So super hard. And we, and we see this actually right now with all our entertainers. They're not really who they are on stage, right? You meet them backstage, you're not this entertainer who's, they pretend to be gods and goddesses. No, they're not. They're human and they, and, and literally they're being faced and challenged. What do they do? Do they give up everything that they have? You know, mostly some people won't. They'll say, nope, <laughs> I'm going to continue to do this. I don't really give a shit, right? I'm going to keep all my riches. And there we go. It becomes the damnation, right? Their damnation because they're basically signing their soul to the devil is what it is. And it's not really the devil per se. I mean, for those of you who believe in that, whatever, uh, it's fine. Um, but it's really just, it's they're saying that I give into the ego and the non-reality. I'm okay with wearing this mask and pretending to be someone I'm not. And not truly tapping into who they really are. Now, this is hard because we get like this in our own life, right? When we become, we get to the height of our, let's say, for instance, the height of our um, careers or the height of wherever we're headed. And we're faced with that. I've been faced with that, right? And I've had to walk away. And it, it's not easy, you know? I may not have sold billions of records or deals, but it doesn't matter. I've been in with executives that have had to say stuff. And it's to stay authentically true is not popular. You're not going to be, po it's not, you're not going to be the popular person, right? You're going to kind of say, no, that's not who I am. I don't know Cat Stevens, really. I know my mom listened to Cat Stevens. Um, and maybe you did, and maybe you know who he is. I don't really, I mean, I didn't really know his story until I was reading it now. Um, but when we think about it, it's like he sold millions of records. He turned his face from it. And he let it go and he gave it and he went and he did other things and he used that power because he was able to wield um, that power into something that was meaningful for him. That's not easy for us. That's not an, I mean, when he was faced with it, I don't know that it was just an easy, okay, let it all go. He was probably, you know, wondering all day, every day, how do I, how do I stick true to who I am? wrestling with this day after day after day after day and we do that right sometimes we're in a position where we're like i am not this is draining the life out of me maybe we have a job where we've maybe reached the top of our career in that particular company or whatever it is and now we're like i don't this is not who i am now i'm pretending to be someone i'm not and i don't want to do this that's not who i am that's not what i want to be and so we're shifting energy so it's like how do i let go of this so that I can truly step into who I am and stop wearing the mask. But hey, poetic, but not so easy. It's not an it's not an easy process. And then when we do walk away, though, the blessings do come in a different way, in a in a more authentic version of who we are. 
So we're constantly going through death and rebirth. And we kind of heard that in the passage, right? The death, rebirth, death, rebirth, death, rebirth. But we've got to let it go. And sometimes that means letting go of the riches. <laughs> he let go of all his riches and said, here, give it to charity. I mean, that's kind of huge. Let's see if, if <laughs> I, let's write letters to all these big uh, popular people. Let's see. Um, yeah, I'm well. Thank you. I hope you're well. The baby looks well. <laughs> Um. Anyway, the baby's cute, and you dress your baby cute, by the way. I was like, wow. That's why I said I want you to be my personal shopper. <laughs> you could dress me any day. <laughs> dress me up. Um, but we see this, right? Um, and and the ability to walk away. There, I've come up with challenges that way, where I'm like, am I going to walk away from this, or am I going to stay? Because if you stay, you're compromising a big, big, big part of yourself. And you're saying, I'm okay with playing this false identity. We see, again, we see this with the stars. You think J-Lo and, I mean, all these people who are putting on a show. It's a show. It's not real. It's not really who they are. Sit with them and see what kind of people they truly are. What is their heart? Who are they internally? Just because they can get up there and, and put on a show right, and mesmerize you doesn't mean that's who they are as people individually when you sit down and have a conversation. And is that truly what they desire and want? They're having to put on a mask for people. I mean, imagine it. Imagine living that life. It takes from you, right, because you're compromising your integrity every single time you do it. You're having to put on this show, this act. And, and then and then it takes away, but some people will say, I don't care. I'm going to continue this. I want the riches. I want that. And they basically sign over their soul because now they have to pretend they're this thing they're not. Deep inside, if they were living their authentic life, would they be doing the same thing? Perhaps, perhaps not. Right? Perhaps they'd be doing something else. And, and giving back in other ways you see the industry itself is not easy there's they're, they're not truly being who they are right there's other people at play saying hey you know we gave you that million dollars so because we knew you were going to make three million or five million on your record so now guess what pay up <laughs> you better act you better get on stage and act that's what they say basically you better go up there and you know, the classic case, again, being Britney Spears, that's the one we see now. It forced her to do something. She wasn't, she didn't want to. She didn't want to do this act. She wants to be who she wants to be. <laughs> like, leave me alone. The same thing. But he went even further. So Cat Stevens went, went even further and said, you know what? This really isn't me. I'm going to give all my money to charity. Who does that? You really think that these people, these entertainers who are making trillions of dollars, millions of dollars, would do that to say, I'm giving up all my riches and giving it to charity? Hell no. <laughs> we don't see that happen very often, do we? No, we don't. Um, riches, also things we hold on to that aren't material. I'm going, I got a flight out tomorrow. Um, my nerve uh, uh, in my pinky, I'm sorry, a ding nerve in my pinky, got it stressing out because I can't be seen until after the flight, I don't even want to get on, yeah, 
it's uh lights are could be hard <laughs> okay so earth is its name is its nurse so we're going to go on to earth okay once the alchemic separation or spiritual virgin birth has taken place the spiritual child must be raised to perfection um that is the purpose of the concept of mother earth in all myths of creation the greek gaia roman telus german nethris and celtic tillit you i don't know was all the goddesses representing the defying fertility and nurturing powers of earth Tellius was often portrayed as holding the cornucopia the horn of plenty which provided all living things at, with sustenance in the rosicrucian text the first matter is the referred to as telisma telisma of the self-perfecting cornucopia of the goddess Tellus. In all three myths, the proper attitude of human being is beings to the earth, always considered to be one of the most uh, one of the reverence and partnership. With the word humility comes from humus, meaning earth or soil. And many earth agriculture societies believe the earth was the living presence um, and considered planting activities such as plowing and a sexual act. Earthquakes and volcanic upheavals were viewed as the planet's effort to shake off the unwelcome human, human advances. That I do believe. Uh, get off of me, you know, the Earth. Um, in this view, Mother Earth refuses to give up her, ch her children permanently. And so we, who are made of the clay and dirt, return to her womb when we die um, and are buried. Which I love. Um, we were just kind of talking about this. And, and you would perhaps know poetic as a mother. Mm -hmm. Um, how you feel. It's kind of timely. Um, there's this picture of the earth holding a child, um, breastfeeding, right? It's kind of, it's a lady walking, but the earth lives within sort of the whole belly. Anyway, I'll show you the picture. So you can see what I'm talking about. So, uh, talking, the mysterious connection between mankind and planet was celebrated in ancient cults of initiation in the old ways of the Wiccan tradition and in religious practices of native peoples. In their view, the earth was a microcosm of the universe in which there exist above, represented by spiritual environments and mountaintops and waterfalls where the one mind dwells, and the below representing by valleys, holes, caves, and underworld regions. The latter is the realm of the unrealized power where the one thing accumulates between the two is the manifest world um so um native american shamans also speak of powers power spots and vortices um of psychic energy at certain locations and we see this in the pyramids and all those other things where they harness the the energy and and, and the vortexes um when the seeker achieves the proper frame of mind at the sacred places or he or she shares in power of the one thing that resides there. Earth is also one of the four archetypal elements of alchemy and represents any solid matter, including rocks and minerals, plants and animals. Earth always requires an act of creation, um, an embodiment of the world, which is how the divine spark is tapped with the matrix of matter as a part of its origin. In many creation myths, man is created from dirt or clay when God breathes the breath of life into him. Um, in this way, the divine spark is embedded within man and his soul. 
In other words, the full potential of the gods as archetypes can be fully realized only when they take physical form. And the earth element signifies a solidification of higher spiritual principles. That is the meaning of the uh, concluding section of the third rubric. It is the origin of all, the, con the consecration of the universe. Its inherent strength is perfected if it is turned into earth. Um, the, alchem the alchemic operation corresponding to earth element is conjugation, which becomes all matter, results in some sort of conjoining or coming together of the creative and receptive for forces, whether these forces are called the one mind or the one thing. Form and matter, sun and moon, fire and water, sulfur and mercury, spirit and soul, male and female, yin and yang, or just plain positive and negative. Their union serves to bring something new into reality, the third thing that incorporates the attributes of its parents. That is why the alchemist thought of conjugation in overtly sexual terms and portrayed it as intercourse by, king, by the king and queen sometimes even by the son and his mother or the birth brother with his sister and often underwater or in an octagonal octagonal form the alchemist referred to the gross meddling of opposites that occurred in conjugation as monstrum hermaphrodites or malformed hermaphrodite which must be strengthened and purified in ensuring oper operations to survive these intense images invoke the primal nature of the archetypal compilation that the alchemists believed occurred between the opposing forces of sulfur and mercury in the bowels of the earth that produced all the metals, including the noblest of all, gold. Okay, so the, the consummation between the sacred feminine and sacred masculine, we see this within ourself, um, and it, it does... Um, help with the creation of something new we see it in gender we see it right so we could say um, men women come together they they um, consummate um, we call it you know marriage whatever but you come together with somebody you have that interaction and then out of it life is created and um, and then the baby's born right there's a third so two create three um, and that's the easiest way to see it um, but there's also the way that we do it within ourselves to create something new as well. Um, for instance, like within me, um, you know, having the the sacred masculine and feminine and understanding what those two mean, but having them come together to actually intertwine in consummation with each other internally to help us really bridge the gap between the two. We um, use this internally to help us to become whole and one with ourself. Complete love in self is complete love in understanding that the sacred feminine masculine, those dualities live within us and learning to consummate them together to create a new baby, a new, a new thing. And we take that baby and we see it with mothers, right? We, you take that baby, you nurture it. You love it. You give it what it needs. <laughs> so perfect time, right? <laughs> Poetic. It's like, and and we look at it, but that's not just the baby itself, but the baby that's within us as well. And there is a baby. And I think what we see mostly in society today is that nobody has taught us how to 
nurture and love the baby within ourselves. We're constantly looking for it externally. We're looking for someone to satiate that that feeling inside of us that we want to be loved and nurtured. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, we want to be loved and nurtured. And really what we're looking for is ourselves to do that. That's where this feminine grace comes from. The ability to nurture ourselves and, and the grace not just about us, but men have it in them as well. But it's very critical for women to take time for themselves, to love themselves, to be the mother to themselves as well. So understanding that, like if I'm treating this child um, like a child, well, what's inside of me that I get to treat like a child? So you can look at that tiny, innocent child that's within and you can nurture it and love it and be kind and gentle to it or treat it like you would want a mother to treat you. Right, and that helps us. It helps us. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> yeah, I got a little sneezy. I don't know what I'm allergic to something near me here. I don't know what it is. Um, but so we nurture it, and that's kind of, and that's what we do when we're creating, when we're co-creating, like even businesses, whatever it is. But I see start within within you. You know, there's a, there's a little, let's say for instance, there's a little boy and a little girl inside of you. Okay. Both exist and nurturing and loving both of them. And if we love and nurture both of them inside of us, then what we do is we bring it to the world and we're, and we become gentle, but we can also be a force not to be reckoned with, but we don't have to say much, right? We can do it with ease and grace and people just know you need to say nothing. They just know. And there's this maturity that happens within us, right? Where we have these healthy, sacred, feminine, and masculine growing up, but they're starting from like children. They're babies and we're nurturing them to, to grow up within us. It's the same with the child. If you have a child, you're nurturing it. You want it to be the best human it could possibly be, right? That's what your hope is. Is like this child, um, I'm going to give it all it needs so that it can be a, a better human being than maybe I was right or give it its best chance and I'm raising it to be whole perfect and complete love itself all that stuff right to say hey this baby's gonna love himself I'm gonna teach himself love I'm gonna teach him all this stuff it's what we want so we, why don't we want it for ourselves? well that's what we get to do sorry I'm gonna blow my nose <laughs> gotta love these live videos right my question is, how do they do it live? If they're live somewhere, then they have to like blow their nose. <laughs> I don't think anything's really live because if it was, we would be seeing more of that. I promise you. <laughs> I'm like, how they not sneeze on live TV? How they not, you know, I don't know. <laughs> they're all cut. We're doing it again. It's not really live. <laughs> okay. So nurturing and loving and growing and all that stuff. And we, the earth, the mother earth has given us all, right? We are of earth. We go back to the earth. We become the consciousness of the earth, um, the great mother. Um, and so understanding that and, and understanding how we could be gentle and kind to ourselves. So one thing I will say, I, I don't do this and I don't know how, you know, if the women aren't here or, um, you know, whatever it is. Um, but be gentle with yourself 
I mean, that's goddess energy, right? Goddess energy is fierce, but it's also gentle and kind. And I struggled with this for a very long time until recently. How to be kind to self, really, truly, without feeling guilty. How to rest. How to allow myself to nurture me. What does that look like? How do I, how do I feel fully nurtured and, and, and safe in myself? And like, it's going to be okay. Like, how often do you do that for yourself and truly don't feel guilty? Well, it's because really what you're doing is you're not giving that little baby inside of you a chance. You're, you're being so hard on it, right? And, and, and then what you've done is you've just diminished it to nothing. But if we could nurture it, be kind to it, both the sacred, both the little boy and little girl that lives within us, because both live within us. And, and help develop it with love and kindness, but also discipline, right? That's part of it too, right? I wanted my mom to be disciplined me. I wanted boundaries. That's what I wanted. So I set boundaries for myself. How would a mother set boundaries for myself? How would I, as a mother to myself, how would I set boundaries and understand what those boundaries are? Yeah, okay, go ahead, have the chocolate. But don't eat the whole damn bar, right? <laughs> Right, that's what a mother would do. Like, yes, you can have candy, <laughs> but first you gotta do your homework, or first you gotta, you know, those are the things, those are the, the boundaries that we set. We discipline ourselves. So it's learning to parent ourselves as well. It's not just about parenting the world around us, or dogs, or kids, or whatever it is. It's ourselves. We're looking and learning how to do that. And nobody taught, I mean, I don't know, I barely just heard this recently how to parent myself. Like, what? What does that even mean? <laughs> I'm just pretending like I'm an adult. Like, that's what we do. We just go out there and we're like, yep. And then we make it up. And then we act like, yep, I know what I'm doing. And the reality is we're like, we don't know what the hell we're doing. Like, and it's like, well, how do you parent yourself? How do you parent the inner child? And when you do that, you start to foster and harness some very powerful relationships with people. And you become a lot more gentle and, and a lot more um, compassionate and forgiving. So there's a lot that exists there. Okay. And this is kind of a new phase for me as well. So I'm in a whole new transformational process as well of nurturing my own inner child, nurturing my own inner sacred little boy and little girl that lives within me, you know, thinking about how that would look, kind of having this idea. And that's what they talk about, the consummation of if the little boy and girl exist, exist within me, well, they're brother and sister. <laughs> but there needs to be a consummation that grows up, right? The consummation, that understanding of the two bridged together to create something new, a child within me, a baby within me, whatever that grows up again. And then we continue the process over and over again. So... We saw it happen in like cousins really getting together. <laughs> Not really what they were talking about, but you know, we, we uh, totally construct it based on what we want to hear and how we want to see it. Um, but really they're talking about the internal piece of you. And then that actually extends outward, right? And you know, like I said, poetic, you're raising a baby. So you know, you understand what it's like in physical manifestation, not just internal. But how are you treating yourself internally? How are you nurturing yourself, right? And then how you nurture yourself internally is how you're going to nurture your baby as within, so without. 
So the dialogue, what's happening internally, are you truly giving yourself um, love and gentle kindness internally or not? You know, those are questions you can ask yourself. And and what how would you treat your your that little girl inside of you? You know, that's going to you know, that's I'm working on it. Yeah, it's not easy, right? It's a weird thing. That was weird for me. The question was, how can you be a mother to yourself? I'm like, what? I could do that. <laughs> and it's weird because you reclaim back that power. So when you learn to to be a mother to you, you can then be a mother to others. It's the same with love. If you can learn to love you, you can learn to love others. But it's you can't learn to love you. If you don't learn to love you, then you're just pretending you know what love is and really you're just projecting stuff so it's really looking internally at yourself as within so without and hopefully that I mean is helpful for you too because you know that's kind of what you're going through right how do you mother yourself how do you be gentle to yourself what would you want your mother to tell you internally how would you want and that's you know again that's where I'm at in my life how would I how how would I you know, if I thought about how I would mother myself, what would that look like for me? How would that feel? And the, there's this little boy inside of me, right? I, I feel the masculine energy in me all the time. And I, I feel the little girl inside of me. And I, I look at that and I say, well, how would I treat myself? How would I treat that? And it, it's a different dialogue. And then there's this ease, there's this grace that comes with it, right? And then also this grounding and this like nurturing feeling that I've never felt before. That's tapping into the sacred feminine and the mother. And all of us have it within us. And God, does it feel good? It feels good to be able to, you know, hug my own self and say, it's going to be okay. Like, I don't do that to myself. I've never done that to myself. <laughs> I'm always like, more, get up, do it, do it, do it, drill sergeant, right? So looking at that and nurturing yourself, hugging yourself and just, you know, like coddling yourself. Shh, 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 it's okay. No, it's okay. Shh, you're going to be okay. I'm with you, right? And then you can start to hear the sacred mother with you for real. And you're like, whoa, like she's here. She's with me. She's here to protect me, to guide me, to nurture me, to make sure that I'm okay. It's the same thing. And that's what you do with your children, right? You get them, you hold them, you, you nurture them. It's okay. It's going to be okay. Here's your little, you know, if you're not doing that to yourself, it's going to be a little harder to do it to another little being, right? So internally, ask yourself those questions and, and maybe that'll help you. I mean, that's where I'm at on my journey anyway. And I think it's timely for you, Poetic, as being a new mama with a new newborn, um, that you too deserve to have that mother come to you and support you. And that's the mother within. That's the great mother, the divine mother, the sacred feminine, the sacred mother coming. So, so, so doing that, you know, and, and helping yourself through that process. Um, so we have the, okay. And then we talked about the gold, which is within our vessel, right? Um, 
let's see psychologically this marriage of the powers of the sun and the moon the union of the solar consciousness with the lunar subconscious creates a new state of consciousness the alchemic name it the the lesser stone in the final three operations of alchemy the lesser stone becomes a greater philosopher's stone a permanent state of enlightenment and consciousness from an individual's viewpoint conjugation is the birth of a new reality through the union of thought and action sometimes at this age the crucial interaction with another person who at first seems totally opposite but who gradually guides us into a completely new way of looking at things among alchemists one of the most fruitful of the most spiritual alliances occurred between two remarkable and completely different men um and so they'll go into uh different ones and we'll talk about that later um and these individuals you know and so that we're looking through history a lens of history and different individuals of how the how the alchemic process played out in their lives um some maybe not even knowing that it was happening okay i'm okay just another monday <laughs> and then waiting for the weekend so i can finally take some time off this year oh good yes you guys take time off um you know I say, here's what I say right now, really the divine feminine grace, right? The nurturing part of it that I was talking about. Nurture yourself, love yourself. You know, it's like, allow yourself to drop into that grace, you know? And this is not just for females, it's for males and females. This is where I feel that men get to reconnect to the great mother. I think that's been severed, cut off. The big nurturer, right? For guys to feel, um, and women both alike, to feel the love of the sacred mother because it's powerful, right? We think of the, of the father, right? The father energy, right? The energy of our universe, the solstice, yes. We think of the energy of the father, right? Because there was like, they masculine, they, put God in a masculine form, which God is not masculine nor feminine, right? But when we think of the Father, the Father is protective. It's here to protect us, make us good, help us with our focus and our drive. But now let's step into the sacred feminine and, and think about the, the, the mother, the great mother. The great mother gives us refuge, gives us time to relax, gives us time to be nurtured and love and recognized, to be remembered in in a gentle, kind way. We don't give enough kindness to ourselves, and that's why we're so angry. <laughs> that's why we're an angry society. Okay, that you give yourself that love, give yourself that space to relax. Think about how you would want a mother to treat you. How would you want a mother to treat you? I know how I would want a mother to treat me, like through and through. <laughs> right i just i i'm such a baby right i yes loving kindness i'm a baby so i you know honestly to my even to myself i will hug myself and go shh, shh, shh. it's okay it's okay you know that gentle caress on the cheek that tiny kiss on the cheek the rocking the it's okay if you cry the coddling the the loving the the nurturing right that we do take that time for um completely compassionate yes and to ourself do it to yourself now that's not easy for some people but love yourself 
there's nothing more sexy than a man who's in touch with his feminine side and a woman too. When they're strong, it's beautiful. Absolutely. So I, I offer that. It's forgotten often. It is. But we don't give it to ourselves. I don't know how many people give it to themselves. Probably, probably not very many. I don't think that conversation's even happening. How do we mother ourselves? No, not necessarily. We don't mother ourselves. What we do is beat ourselves up for all the things that we are not. And true love comes from it. True love comes from that that nurturing, loving kindness. I see you. That's true love to self. The mother. The grace. It even makes me cry. Because it's like, we need that in life, right? <laughs> I'm a great mother. Yeah, see? But to yourself, right? So find that in yourself and how, and um, yet yeah, not to the self. Yeah, because we don't know nobody who's telling us that. Nobody's ever even asked me that question. Like, that's why I said I'm a beginner all the time. I don't know shit. <laughs> but I'm willing to go there and I'm willing to discover and I'm willing to listen and I'm willing to learn. That's what an alchemist does. Oh, well, I never thought of it that way. Interesting. What does that mean for me? And then I start to to apply it to my life and I'm going, oh, okay. There's a piece that I was maybe missing in self-love, really. Because I love myself, but do I really love myself? Well, no, I think I was being hard to, on myself. I was trying to fix myself and I'm not broken. I just needed someone to love me, right? That's what I was looking for, not even realizing it. And I was looking for the mother to love me. And so I get to love me. I get to be that mother to myself. Such an interesting concept. So I highly recommend that you try doing that during this break that people are getting off and maybe they have the holidays off and really learning to allow their self to tap into that nurturing love and kindness that lives within them and be a mother to themselves. Like that's the greatest question you can ask yourself. How can I be a mother to me and love me fully? And that's really how you start to mature into the next phase of your alchemic process because now you have the mother and the father there guiding you. But the mother still raises the son. The mother still raises the little boy. The mother still gives that kindness and loving compassion to the little boy internally. So there's a sacred masculine in you that maybe was a little broken because it didn't have the mother. Oh, poetic wants to, okay, let's do this. We're going to invite poetic on. I was going to call it, but I'm down for poetic. Oh, did you mean to call poetic? <laughs> it's like, I didn't know if you, maybe you hit call by accident. <laughs> Let's see what she said. I'm sorry. I didn't. <laughs> Something wanted you. I was going to a few minutes ago. But <laughs> look, you know what? You can always, um, you know, tomorrow we can talk on this topic. If you come in, um, basically, you can come in and talk if you want. That's uh, it. But I think um, really going to start focusing on the mother energy, um, which I, you know, I talk about the sacred feminine, but I always saw it as this very like powerful goddess energy. And now I'm like looking into the 
the loving kindness, compassion, and, and all of that energy that's very important to look at and to start looking at how to mother our own self and the little boy inside of us too. The masculine is to the internal masculine. I mean, I have been a mom yet. I was with uh, this baby. It shifted bigger. Absolutely. And, and so that's it. You've been a mom, but have you been a mom to yourself? Have you mothered yourself? Have you loved yourself? Have you given yourself that, that love that you would want because of my age, because it's a girl? Yeah. And, and now you're tapping into understanding that, right? Like, what does that mean for you? We need this right now. I mean, in society, it's something that's highly needed is that, um, that grace. And, and I understood grace as like this powerful divine energy. And now I'm starting to realize that it's more of a, um, compassionate, loving and kind grace. And as I tap into that myself, I'm able to give that to others in a different way, in a way that I never understood before, right? To, to, hey, Katya, to love thyself, love me. How do we fully love? We say we love ourselves, see? And we then I think what we think, and here's what I think. <laughs> I think we think, but here's what I think. That we love ourselves, and we say, like, for me, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I need to nurture myself. And then I would take a day off, and I'd go to the hot springs, and I'd, oh, I'm taking care of myself. And, okay, great, I felt good. But then I felt this little guilt in the back of my head. I should be doing other shit. This is a whole different way. Like, I feel like my DNA and everything is reconstructing itself. Because I said, how would a, I want a mother to treat me? Well, if I get to be my own mother, and I think about the little boy and little girl inside of me that exist in me, how would I want a mother to approach me? I wouldn't want to, I don't think of a mother approaching me like, rah, rah, rah. that's not what I see. What I see is a mother being gentle and kind. And so then I give myself that gentle and kindness in a different way from a different understanding psychologically. And as I give myself that loving kindness, I'm actually loving myself truly loving myself, nurturing myself. It's just a different way to look at it. And I guarantee there's a shift in energy. Try it. Try it. Okay. I know I need to love me most. Yeah. And part of that love, and it's really, it's not about, here's a, here's a deal. It's like, I need to love myself, but I think it's more like I get to be a mother to myself. I get to be my own mother to me. That's like powerful. Like we're always looking for the mother and saying, oh, mother, come to me. I'm like, oh, I get to be my mother. That's really powerful. Like there, it changes something in the way that we behave and interact with ourselves. It's interesting. Try to apply it. How can you give yourself everything you'd want in a mother to you? When that voice comes up, what would a mother say? What would your internal mother say to you? It just it's it's just a whole other way of and 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 work with it and see what see what shows up like literally I'm able to relax without feeling guilty I'm like I love myself <laughs> not like I'm a badass I love myself but like I love myself like I get to be kind to myself I get to be nurturing to myself I get to just hold my hands to my heart and say it's gonna be okay you're good you're good. You're okay. It's like, what? Who is this voice? 
what is this voice? Am I really okay? Yeah, you're going to be okay. You're going to be fine. And I love you. And it's like, wow. That's like a love that you can never, un like, I, it's a love so powerful that it, it, it transcends any love. That's, that is the internal love that people are seeking. It's the mother, the love of the mother coming in. This is everything. Yes, Katya. So we have poetic in Katya. And <laughs> Katya is a, a good friend. Hello, anyone here? Yeah, how are you? <laughs> We're talking about the love of the mother. <laughs> and these men having that. Men starting to recognize the mother within themselves as well. And really allowing the mother to come into their heart, right? Their own mother, not their mother, their mother who had them, but their own internal mother come in and learn to nurture them. So think about that. How do you, how do you mother yourself? How would you want the mother to be to you? How would you want the mother to treat the little boy and little girl inside of you? Like I just see this little boy inside of me, right? The, the visual that I get for my inter, cause I have this little boy inside of me, right? We all do, we all have the sacred feminine and masculine, but there's the little part of us. And I see this little boy giving flowers to the little girl, like that gentle sweetness, because that comes from the mother, but the recognition, like it's like the little boy recognizing the great mother and the little boy saying, here's these, I don't, for some reason they're like um, little, um, sunflowers or the little yellow flowers for whatever reason that's what i see internally get in touch with it get acquainted yeah and and i see the little boy saying here's these little flowers to the little girl inside of me and then the little girl has this sweet gentle happiness about it right and then it's just this sweet exchange of energy internally right and that's the mother right? That's the mother saying, here you go. I see you. And the little boy saying, I see you. And they see each other, right? <laughs> Internally, that's what I see happening. So what's happening inside of you in that way, right? So I think if men can really understand this and start to heal from this, I mean, there's a lot of broken energy out there. And um, I think we can step into our grace and love ourselves fully. It's just a different way to look at it. And I'm seeing life through a very different lens, let me tell you, <laughs> in recognizing this, reclaiming what was mine. And that was my connection to the great mother. So there you have it. Okay. So step into your, if you guys are in the U.S. and you guys are celebrating all of this, step into it by nurturing yourself. Okay. All right. So there you have it. So I love you guys. Have a fantastical day. Have a magnificent, magical, magnetic, marvelous, miraculous Monday ever. <laughs> and I will, of course, I will see you guys tomorrow. Bye.